In this episode, we got to talk about one of my favorite charities in this entire fucking world called Give Kids the World. What better way to show we care for each other than to donate to a good cause? It's such a great organization. They really help the families and their kids celebrate. They bring smiles to these wonderful kids' faces. I really do love this charity. Give Kids a World hosts kids with critical illnesses and allows them to spend time with their families on a week-long vacation in Orlando, Florida. Give Kids the World focuses on making every day the best day ever. Please consider sharing your love with this organization by going to gktw.org and donating. You'll be able to find a link to donate in the show notes. I remember we, he was about, I think, 12 or 13, and we were at the endocrinologist, and the endocrinologist said, you know, okay, well, we could do this, or we could do that, or whatever, and he got up at 12 or 13 years old and said, no, I'm done. Good. Good. I'm not doing anything else. What do you say as a parent to that when that happens? You know, you have a you have a struggle, you have an internal struggle, because you're like, okay, are we going to continue with this? Are we going to just, you know, keep trying to fight it? Is this the right decision? I mean, right. he's not cognitively an adult. He doesn't understand, you know, the consequences of making this decision. Um, but, you know, we did go have, we did have a conversation. Him and I went out for a date and uh, had a really deep conversation. And he just said, you know, I, I feel like uh, God made me the way I am and I'll deal with it as it comes. I'm not going to continue to go because at the time it felt to him like one doctor would turn into two and then two turn into three and then three turn into four and he's like I'm just going to deal with it because that's that internal fighter uh that he is that he was born to be yeah so you know you you ponder it a little bit and then you're like all right all right we're we're done with that but what we are going to do <laughs> is stay, you know, you kind of, you, you give and take a little bit because he starts to be able to advocate for himself. Yeah. That, that's what I was just going to ask is like, how did you teach him to be able to advocate for himself? Because, you know, as a parent, you know, you want to make sure that he's making smart decisions. Right. Perfect. But at the same time, it's his body. Right. And like, you can only take so much crap of yes. poking and prodding and I, yeah I think I'm interested to find out like how you how you let him advocate for himself so I included him in the decisions I, I as he got older I realized my role was changing my role was not you know the this is what we're doing and you will abide by it you know mm -hmm. when he wasn't old enough to help make those decisions <laughs> You know, um, it was it was very much the okay. Here's what the doctor's saying. What are your thoughts? I wanted him to know that he had a voice as well, because this is, I mean, realistically, it's something he's going to have to live with the rest of his life. So, and a mom's not going to always be around. So he needs to learn how to advocate for himself. So I just included him in the conversations. Um, I felt that it was it was very important, and. Um, he, he started to stand up and, and say, okay, you know, we'll do this, but we're not doing that, you yeah. know? So that was really, really good, I think. 
that was a good mind shift, you know, for him too. And it wasn't something that I consciously did. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to be a good mom and I'm going to include him. <laughs> it was something, no, that is not how it happened at all. <laughs> In real Alex form, he made his point very well known to everybody. Good. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He's absolutely. Like Hell no, we're done. Exactly, exactly. Deuces, I'm out. Yep, I'm out. Let's go to lunch. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. I'm Just hungry. Like that. Give me food. Yeah. Yes. Ice cream, please. <laughs> yes. Um, how did that decision, him advocating for himself, change what, what happened next? Was there any difference in how he was living his life or how he had to go see more doctors? Like, did anything come of it? Yeah, we dropped off quite a few of the specialists and they have never turned around and gone back. Um, I won't let him uh, give up his immunologist. He knows that that was the only thing I was not negotiating on um, because, you know, he's such a phenomenal doctor. Um, it's a funny story. We went to Orlando one time because, you know, like you, we do do a lot with Give Kids the World and Make-A-Wish. We do quite a um, quite a bit. They've Mike Make a Wish has sent him like to several places, um, you know, the Panthers game, stuff like that, you know, that he can go speak kind of on their behalf and all of that stuff. It's been really a phenomenal relationship. And we try to get up to give kids the world a couple times a year and volunteer our time and give back. And uh, it's just it's been absolutely fantastic. He he loves, 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 loves give kids the world. So we, we try to um, include him in his own health journey, right? Mm -hmm. And allowing him to make those decisions and, and such. So when he said, we're going to go up and let's go volunteer, and we, and we did, he wanted to go to, I can't think of the name of it, but it's where you, there's a place where you go and it's like all, it's called medieval times. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. You go and you eat with your hands and then um, horses are battling each other and there's a it's indoors and there's a bunch of like sand. Mm -hmm. So for somebody like him, I'm like, Oh, well, this sounds like a trip to the hospital. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So where are we going? Let me think celebration. Okay. They know you, they've got all your information. We're good. Right. Like wow. this is how you plan in your yeah. head. We get there <laughs> and his, we're waiting to get in and his immunologist was standing in line with his family. Wow. And I was like, Oh, this is perfect. I was like, we're sitting with you. <laughs> so if something happens, that's your responsibility. <laughs> so we did. We sat with him and his family the whole time. And he ended up he ended up doing well, but his immunologist moved made everybody move their seats as far back as possible. Like we moved all the way to the back, you know. So yeah, it was really, it was just really amazing how that happened. We've never gone back since. <laughs> never. But it was it was a great, it was a great time. You know, trying to venture out. It was like, wow, look, his immunologist is here. Perfect. <laughs> so, I would have looked at my mom like, yeah, this was an accident. Sure. Sure. Yes. <laughs> he thought I planned it. Yeah, oh my God. I, would have I don't that. have his number like that. He looked at me like, gave me that look like, sure, you didn't plan this, mom. I'm like, I really didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was really a, a really good experience for us, you know, to to have his immunologist there, and that's the only doctor I won't allow him to give up, and he knows that. So and he's fine with it. 
and um he has brothers he does and they don't have it and they don't have it and no? is it is it genetic or it is they just it is genetic it is genetic yes so um you know obviously this is not something you know but we're thinking from great grandfather or great grandmother and back but it was something oh. that they tested back right then. like how no. would they know they yeah. wouldn't know they just thought your kid was sick all the time yeah you know they, they'd have no idea but yeah it is genetic and the other two don't have it wow wow so yeah i, I was just going to ask like how's this relationship with those brothers um you know because i know that you you've had to place a lot of focus on alex his entire life do did you get any um, pushback from your other kids or were they helpful and, and understanding? They were, I have to say, they were super helpful and understanding and they have, they have really just been like three normal brothers and the point that he soaks up, Alex soaks up the attention and says, <laughs> no, I can't help it. I'm her favorite, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that is still to this day the relationship that they have. Still to this day, <laughs> I can do anything I want. I am mom's favorite. Exactly. Absolutely. There was one time um, we were here and we had to. He just got sick super super quick again, and he was getting sick on the front lawn. And I I knew we didn't have time to drive him, and uh, we called rescue and rescue came and picked him up and. I was driving in the front of the ambulance because, you know, they don't let you in the back with them. And so uh, I said, you know, can you please take us to um, our local level one hospital, Joe DiMaggio? And uh, they're like, uh, no, <laughs> we won't make it. Oh. And I was like, oh, wow. oh, yeah, that was the moment I realized how bad it was. Holy shit. So you know how every ER has um, a room that has its own you know, ventilation, everything like that. That's Alex's room. He calls it his room. Like that's where he goes when he's in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea is to get him in that room, get him what he needs, get him stable and get him out. Right. Because the hospital is literally the worst place for him. Yeah. Everybody there's sick. So we were in, this is that trip. We were in there. We were in the room. There's, he had like so many doctors and nurses around him. And he just looked at me as he's like, are they going to take my blood? Are they going to give me an IV? And I was like, buddy, they are, they are going to, I said, but you know how you always say, um, you're my favorite. Just keep thinking about that. He goes, <laughs> I am right. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> Let me tell you, when we got home from the hospital that night, he came in yelling at his brothers, mom admitted it, mom admitted I'm her favorite. So that is how the boys get along. They're like, no, she was just, she was lying to you because you were in the hospital. That's <laughs> So that's how they get along. Normal. Yeah, at, least, at least they don't sugarcoat it. They're like, oh, liar. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she lied to you because you were in the hospital. That's why. Oh my word. Yes. How do so, you, yeah. how do you deal? Like, yeah. do you have therapy? Like, how are you getting through this? Because just hearing this, I'm like, oh, I, I can't imagine. Cause you seem so happy and like, like not even like just 
hey, this is what we're going through, like very healthy in that mindset. And I like, I'm just curious, how, how have you gotten to this point? Yeah, so um, I did, I did actually go to a therapist for a long time to help walk me through it. You know, like I said, my friends, my family, super supportive, everybody was there. But for me, and I, you know, I can't speak for others, it was great to talk to somebody that didn't know anybody. Yeah. You know, to get that outside objective perspective. So not only did I have a therapist for me, but I also had one for him. So that way he could do the same. Yeah. So we both had therapists for a very long time that really helped us, you know, see the positive and, and just stay, you know, grateful for what we do have, you know, none of us ever know, right. Um, what's happening. Like I said, we do go back to give kids the world and that fixes your perspective very quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really, really does. Um, so, you know, we just try to stay in the positive. There's, there are times that, you know, it does get dark. Yeah. It does get really tough. Like, you know, an example in 2020 when COVID hit, <laughs> it was, that was tough. That yeah. was tough because, um, so it was like, oh gosh, like just a regular cold hit is, is life threatening to him Yeah. now this, and we didn't know anything about it other than so many people were dying. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, that was very, very, very difficult. Um, but you know, we were able to see his immunologist virtually, um, and he kept us informed of what was going on and we had to create an entire plan. So wow. if he were to get COVID, you know, try to get to this hospital, this is what they need to give him. They will reach out to me. I will wow. be there. It was a whole plan. Yeah. And you have to update the plan as the strands change. So wow. it's not just a one and done. Um, so we, we were able to stay positive because we would try to find the positive. So for me, it was the wow, look at this. Adults finally learn how to wash their hands. <laughs> like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I felt at the same time, although it was a difficult time for all of us, I felt like, let me look at the positive, right? The world is probably the cleanest it's ever been. <laughs> People are actually washing their hands for 20 seconds now, you know? Um, so you may have the typical things in place where he knows, like, he can't touch elevators, he can't touch, you know, escalator handles, all of that kind of stuff that he just can't. It's just too many germs. Can he get, um, like, flu shots and, like, vaccines? It depends. So the flu, um, the flu shots, they typically will guess um, the four strands that they think are going to be coming. And so depending if... Um, by the time that, you know, by the time that we get fall down here in South Florida, we already know what's happening <laughs> for all of the other people yeah. <laughs> in the world, right? Right, right, G-Rex? <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's going to hit us before it hits you. So, exactly. Yeah. So we already know how the flu shot is behaving and what it's really working and not working. So his immunologist will tell us every year whether it's worth the gamble for him or not, depending on how many strands the CDC guest was correct yeah that's what I was thinking of especially when you talked about COVID because it was scary for everybody but I can't imagine literally being in your position when that happened and and with what there was just so much unknown and yeah people are dying yes. and like I mean 
it's like the world is closing in, right? Like, it's like, oh, shit. Like, this is crazy. So did he, he got to attend some of his doctor's appointments virtually, but I think you mentioned he had to go and do blood every three months. So, like, how did that change with COVID? So, yeah, his immunologist changed it to every six months at that time. It wasn't, it just was not worth the gamble of him going there and and getting anything. So he's like, oh, we'll, we'll hold off for right now. So, um, it's, it's quite a miracle for him though. I could tell you, he's got a lot of people praying for him because according to his numbers, he should be getting the IVIG every single month and clinically he's doing amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So has Alex had to ever like spend the night in the hospital? Mm-hmm. And like, how, how does that work? Because we all know that hospitals are just one gigantic, um, you know, germ factory. They are. Absolutely. So they'll try to keep him into the ER um, at that 23 hour mark, um, 23, 23 and a half hour mark in the ER in that room that we spoke about mm-hmm. with its own ventilation, etc. And then they try to get him in the actual hospital, you know, obviously it's a pediatric hospital and um, they try to get him in the pediatric hospital in same situation, places that are very sterile. And, and do the hospitals have more than one of those rooms? Because I can only imagine that there's other kids out there that like Alex that need to be in that special room. Absolutely. Okay. I think so, yeah, they do. I think they typically have two of them. Um, but yeah, they are reserved for people, you know, with right. conditions very similar. And the idea with people like him are to try to get him in and out. But when you can't, they will try to keep him in that room as long as possible. And then they will put the put him like on the floor, like uh, as an example, with the with the cancer patients where there's not a lot of sickness, right. you know, um, that's going on. Obviously, again, he's not contagious to anybody. Everybody's contagious to him. So they just try to keep him somewhere that it's not all of the, uh, all of the diseases floating around. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it like so resilient though, right? Like, yes. You know, you think about us, like when we get sick, okay, when I get sick, I'm just a bitch. All right. I don't want to be any, <laughs> anybody around me. Like, I don't want to eat any fucking soup. I don't eat. So I can't, it, it's hard for me to fathom being that sick my entire life. Right. And he, he's still like a productive member of society. And, you know, he, he's found his voice and, He's going to school and yep. I, I, man, I commend him on that because if it was me, I think I would have had a, a really hard time with that. Right. Because of being an outgoing person and, you know, wanting to, you know, go out with my friends, go to the movies, you know, touch all the buttons, touch all the shit I'm not supposed to touch. And now, you know, here he is not being able to do that. So I, I like, I totally commend you and your family and, and Alex, like, man. Yeah. I feel like this is the perfect segue to intro Alex. Hi. Welcome. Hey, Alex. Hey. Now we can talk to you. Was it weird hearing us talk about you? <laughs> Next. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> My whole life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of, honestly, that kind of leads, the first question I was going to ask you is like, what is your earliest memory? Oh, man. Probably, probably um, going to make a wish. I think it was that first memory. So at Give Us a World, um, when I went there the first time, I think, I don't know that I remember the most, I was um, hanging around the koi pond because I like fish when I was younger. I still like fish. 
I remember hanging around. I met one of my friends there. And I think that was the first memory I ever had of her. That's really cool. Yeah. And you had to eat ice cream for breakfast, which, like, yeah. that's wonderful. Can't complain. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Vanilla? That's yeah. it? Do you, still, <laughs> do, you, do you still eat um, ice cream for breakfast? Because I think that's a requirement. No, I don't. I have no time for that in the morning. <laughs> what do your days look like now? Days? Wake up, go to school, come back, cook. sometimes cook dinner, nice. put the chickens up, do schoolwork. Chickens. Chickens. Y'all got chickens. Chickens? Yes, chickens. Two hens. Wow. All right. Oh, should I show my room? Do it. Yeah. See it. Is there chickens in your room? Please tell me there's no. Chicken. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a zoo. Uh, oh. <laughs> This is so cool. Alex, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We normally just get to talk to the parents. So that's getting Oh, I like the color. So that's one fish tank. Wow. Wow. That's a big fish tank. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. That's a wall. That's a fish wall. I got another fish tank here. Oh good. I thought that was gonna be snakes for a second. I forget. Yeah. Oh no, I have a little bearded dragon. Oh, okay. I can do I can do uh bearded dragon he's my little buddy mom loves him <laughs> <laughs> and i got one more tank here there's a motherfish. nice wow yep very cool uh i would probably kill all of those animals on accident <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a we had a saltwater tank in south florida and mm-hmm. i i became very attached to we had little shrimp and they were my favorite thing because they were like the little puppies of like the saltwater tank Mm -hmm. they would like we'd hand feed them it was nice i loved it anyhow (laughs) back to alex back to alex all right so first memory um give kids a world i have a question being that young did you how long i guess how old were you when you fully started to understand what was happening and like what how it was affecting you oh right um Around when I start standing up for myself, it's like no more doctors. Around there, sorry, twelve. Mom said, "Man, I can't imagine. I like I cannot imagine." And since since you've stood up for yourself, how has it changed you? More confident. Nice. Not scared who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I love that. Good job, Jen. (laughs) yeah what a what a good mom so alex i know that you like having this having this disease and everything and it kind of limits what you can do i mean do you ever get afraid when you're like out with friends or trying something new that maybe you shouldn't be doing that does your disease hold you back from wanting to try new things like that no, it really don't scare me at this point. God has a plan for me. Whatever happens, happens. That's I can't that's be scared powerful. of the world. The world can't. I'm not scared. Of, I can't be scared of the world, or it will crush me. Yeah, I mean, you're further along in that than I think most people. Like a lot of people are afraid and don't have nearly as many reasons to be. So that's huge. I. I have a question, and if it's, like, too deep, you don't have to answer it. But I'm very curious on 
what is next for you? Like, how far do you think in the future of like things you want to do? Is there a limit or are you just like, hey, this is what I've got planned for myself next? Um, I'm thinking about um, after high school, I think I'm going to um, take over my grandfather's business, air conditioning. Nice. So I'm going to get in trade school. Oh. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. And he's he's going to do that so that he can have more fish tanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a lot of expensive stuff already. It's horrible. It's addiction. <laughs> That's so, funny. like, Alex, what's the, like, and if this is too personal, you don't have to answer, but what's, like, one of the scariest things that you've had to go through? But when you came out on the other side, you were like, you know, I, I, I lived, I, I'm, I'm lived, I can see another day. Probably was that one time where, um, I think it was a, I had a bad case of the flu that one time scared me. I, I just, I felt like, um, I was going to die or something. And I was, I was younger then. Do you remember I how old you were? I don't know. I remember that one time when we were at the, um, how old was I? When that bad one and I would start crying. Nine. Wow. Nine years old and you felt like you were dying. Yeah. That, that's scary. Yep. Yeah. And then you didn't. So you recover. How do you recover? Like, how do you come to terms with that? Sports and fishing. I used I that's what I did since I was started when I was four. Me and my um godfather, my my grandpa, we we've been going we've been going fishing. That always helped. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Keep, keep me busy. Okay. Keep you out of trouble. His pulmonologist recommended was that when he were was to start to feel like he was getting sick, take him to the ocean because that salt air would help clear him up. And if possible, put him in the actual water. So my dad, his grandfather, and his godfather would start to take him fishing. So he's around that salt air the entire time. So he is. That's where he's grown to love fishing, and uh, obviously with all the fish tanks, you can see why. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask if like he could swim because I know like for me with my allergies, I have horrible allergies. The one thing that they always told me, especially when I lived in South Florida, is get out in the ocean, right? Get yeah. some of that salt water in you, um, you know, have a humidifier, do all that other crap. Uh -huh. Now that I'm up here in upstate New York, I don't have that, so I use a lot of saline spray. But um, I was just going to ask, like, as a form of, of good exercise for him, it, to at least get in the water, right? And work out some of those muscles, work out some of that anxiety and... Um, yeah, and maybe some sadness too, right? Yeah. Like trying to figure out, you know, hey, what's my next step? Because this kind of sucks, and all my friends don't have this, and I, I just want to feel normal. Yeah. So, Alex, that's my question for you. I had to mute you because we, uh, we had double talk. But do you like? How do you deal, or if you even do, how do you deal with your anger if you have that towards? not being able to do some of the things that your friends are doing or things that your brothers have done or things that your mom 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 does um the way i usually do it is probably like lifting weights or like 
or like doing push-ups at night and just save it for later or wait till I go fishing and release it there out in the ocean or um what else or I just sometimes I just hold it in too much and I break down one day that's really it yeah do you stop yourself from doing the things that you want to do or do you go for them I I can I do what I have to do at this point I'm just trying to have enjoy life as best I can so I have nothing's gonna stop me so and I always I always try to be um considerate other people's time too yeah and I try to help around as best I can yeah is there anything that like you want to do that you either can't or haven't tried yet um I don't please don't say please don't say skydiving don't say well, I don't think he's I was like I bet it's not getting a tattoo because that's a needle <laughs> no that's, that's later <laughs> yeah <laughs> henna henna tattoos <laughs> that's mom I don't do henna tattoos <laughs> mom's a chicken too <laughs> so like so you're gonna like um take over your grandpa's business and um but can you play sports or are you, are you just trying like stay away from all things like that? No, I play, I can play a little bit of everything. I always tried every sport. I, the only start, sport I really didn't play when I was younger was baseball. I tried soccer. I think I tried soccer, mom, or no? I tried soccer when I was younger. I, I played football. That was my, one of my favorite, my favorite sport was football. And I was really good at football. Um, what was sports? I tried basketball one, one year. And and at school, I usually play basketball for fun over there. And football, I haven't played yet for high school because I had when I was playing basketball one um, last year, I broke my kneecap. So oh, it's okay. Wow, wow, wow. Ch- it's not like broken, broken. It's like chipped. It just hurts to walk sometimes. <laughs> they really break. It just hurts to walk a little bit. <laughs> I'll be um, all right. So questions: playing sports. You you talk about like trying basketball football you're touching balls that other people are touching in the sport is it just a lot of washing your hands and like just staying safe that way or is there anything else that you have to do no no, i just i play sports and i wash my hands usually after yeah okay i keep like try to keep my hands away from my face that's at most yeah okay so it's not completely like debilitating right like you can take measures without having to be in a bubble Yeah, ideally they want them to be in a bubble. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, but I, I just can't with his personality. Yeah, there's no way. Oh. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. So he does try, like you said, he tries everything. I mean, when he played football, it was flag football, and um, but he's never played in high school because in the, there's no more flag football. In right. High school. You have you have to play tackle. So he was like, nah. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Never yeah. mind with that. So there is limitations, but. Um, he's not afraid to try anything, and and we, we I allow him whatever he wants to try. You know, obviously with limitations and stuff, but you yeah. know he he does try it. And and how's school been with all of this? You know, from the time he was first diagnosed to you know he's what he's going to graduate this year, right? Yes. So uh, school has been definitely challenging. Um, you know, once you start to miss too many days of school. Um, you know, they start to say, we're going to subpoena your 
your absentee records, which I get, right? They don't know are you missing because you're being abused or what it, you know, what is happening at the home. And um, so, you know, you just uh, like one or two times I had to prove to them, you know, with all of my my six inch binder <laughs> that <laughs> he, he really, you know, does have an immune deficiency and this is what's going on. He really is sick and, you know, all of the the information from the hospital and the doctors and stuff. And, and then they, they did, you know, get it, but because of this was happening, you know, as he was really sick, um, close to the second grade, he started to get like splinter skills. So when you go to the hospital, they have a teacher there that is willing to teach you, but I'm sure you guys have been sick before and Mm -hmm. uh, nobody's interested in learning anything when you're, when you're not feeling well. (laughs) So (laughs) he had what they refer to as splinter skills. So you learn one thing, you're missing another, you learn another thing and you're missing another. So um, we held him back in second grade. So he's 18, but he's graduating this year, um, which will be wonderful. But, um, you know, the school has been as understanding as they can be about it. They, you know, allowed him to, to, you know, bring his medication to school as he needs to, because obviously, you know, he has you know, a puffer that he can use while he's at school and all of that. They've been, they've been very, very understanding once they understood his diagnosis. Yeah. So yeah, they've been very, very understanding. Man. And, and as far, as far as work goes, I mean, have you had to use FEMLA or any of those programs that are available to help take care of Alex? I, I have not. I have, I've been so grateful to have such amazing people around me that they, there's no question everybody jumps in covers my role whatever needs to be done and so I I have not I have I mean where where I work I have unlimited you know PTO so I've been really grateful for that but like I said you know he's older Mm -hmm. and uh he's he's been clinically doing really 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 well nothing like we experienced when he was younger so you know through the years even though he's not his immune system isn't, you know, building like you would think it should and be built at this age. Um, he's clinically doing well. And I can just say that's because, you know, he's older, he's able to advocate for himself and um, he's able to, um, you know, do all of the precautions that he needs to, like he said, keep his hands away from his face, wash his hands as much as possible, you know, um, wear a mask where, you know, it might not be popular anymore, but we go places yeah. you know we still wear masks and stuff wow so yeah yeah it, so he's, he's good and with the advancements in medicine um you know every year they come out with new stuff what is alex available for like any clinical trials or anything that might you know just help him out a little bit yeah so he he was i mean they had reached out to him several times um they would you know try to do some clinical trials and things with him, especially with like stem cell and stuff like that. Um, but it, that was getting around the time where he was like, I'm done. I've been poked and prodded my whole life. Yeah. I am not interested. So he has just maintained that attitude of the, you know, I'm respectful of his immunologist and he does listen to his immunologist, but doesn't really want to listen to anybody else. He doesn't want to see any other doctors doesn't really want to do any anything but if you know anybody is sick or you know like I said we do a lot of volunteering for Make-A-Wish and for Give Kids the World he would do anything for anybody there um you know but as far as his own personal health journey he's pretty much at his limit (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. So, um, Alex, I have one last question for you that I have been thinking about since we talked to your mom before. Um, you're 18 now. My question is, and it might be personal, but, and you don't have to answer it. We can edit it out. Do you see yourself getting married one day? Because that's germs, right? Like you're now introducing another person into your life. I, I'm just curious. Like, do you think about that at all? Um, I think when I get old, I'm a little older. I maybe get find somebody. It all depends if you find the right person. At the end of the day, if I if I find somebody, yeah, I might get married. Nice. That's that's really cool. I I have to commend you, Alex. I I commend you. Like you your inner strength and your just everything about you i man you have more strength than i think most adults have and i love that you've been able to speak up for yourself and find your own journey <clears throat> and i'm wow thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you for for being a part of this alex jen Thank you for opening up and sharing your story with us too. It was, it still is a village. It yeah. really is a village. You, it's, you have your ebbs and your flows, but um, you know, if you, you put the right people around you, you know, G Rex to your point, taking care of yourself first so you can take care of them. You know, he's old enough now he can advocate for himself and try to live the best life that he possibly can. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.